Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. We're giving you some of the best of tonight's show, plus exclusive after party that you can only get here. Make sure to stick around for that. After days of not knowing what's coming next, we now have some answers that are definitive. We know tonight we will get the WNBA returning, and we know tomorrow the NBA playoff action will pres- will resume. So the question is, what's next for everybody? Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Also, you can subscribe to the new fabulous Spain and Fitz podcast. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Sarah, this is the first time I get to do this. I'm a little nervous. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? No judgment. It's, <sighs> clearing the vocals. Lots of judgment. I, 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 Lots of judgment. I think I got this. It's Friday. How's that? Was that good? Yeah. Okay, I like the tone. I like the pitch. It needs a lot more fortitude. More like, it's Friday. That was really good. I mean, that Thank was. You. you went full Oprah. Use I your went diaphragm. more like. Yeah, yeah. I, I went way more like '80s singer with the little. <laughs> yeah. thing. You, you were you reverted to the early days of Spain and Fitz when you were. It's the sweet one. You know what? That's never going to go away from part of my uh, part of my repertoire, as the kids say. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance, and no, the kids don't say that. Drivers who save with Progressive <laughs> save over seven hundred and fifty dollars on average. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, and the big news, Sarah, other than the fact that it's Friday, and I'll keep working through the next couple hours to get that to as much mm-hmm. punch as it deserves is that we are getting the return of basketball. And I say basketball, importantly, this isn't just the NBA. The WNBA is returning today. Uh, We'll get those games going tonight. The NBA coming back. And they released a a joint statement with the NBA Players Association uh, that really gives some specific things that they're looking for. One of the things that they've agreed to is to immediately establish a social justice coalition with representatives from players, coaches, and governors that will be focused on a broad range of issues. That's part of what they're going to do in every city where league franchises own and control the arena property team governors are going to continue to work with local election officials to convert the facility into voting locations for the 2020 general election and the legal work with players and their network partners to create and include advertising spots in every nba playoff game dedicated to promoting greater civic engagement in national and local elections. I I say elections a few times, not to be political here, but because this is one thing, Sarah, that they've made very clear since the day they got into the bubble, that voting is important to NBA players right now with a microphone, and their actions and their statements today support that. Yeah, one of the biggest ones, of course, being that announcement that there will be uh, every single stadium in the NBA going to use their arena uh, uh, as a voting location in November. And it's so smart fits, right? Because of social distancing, the space that's needed to host large sums of people, the parking that's necessary. It just, it, most of them are taxpayer funded anyway, right? Why not mm-hmm. be using them for civic purposes beyond just the entertainment of sports or concerts? Uh, it's brilliant. And one thing that came up as we were in that sort of limbo of, of is this the end? When we first heard the reporting that the, that the Clippers and the Lakers were willing to say goodbye to their uh, championship chances and, and walk right out of the bubble was what are they going to need? What are they going to need to hear? What are they going to need to be promised in order to feel satisfied in order for this to continue? And I think there was the passion and the anger and the sadness and the t- fatigue and the frustration that led to the decision. Then there was a bunch of conversations and calls about how do we make this mean something more than just waking people up by by proving we'll walk out. And Chris Paul, uh, uh, who's a massive part of these discussions, president of the Players Association, uh, talked about what the players needed in that moment. 15 years in this league, and I've never seen anything like it. 
obviously I wasn't the oldest one in the room. I think Udonis Haslam was. But the voices that were heard, uh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And um, for a lot of us, you know, we had an opportunity to, um, you know, you get a chance to read and see pictures of the Cleveland, Cleveland Summit for those who came before us and the Muhammad Ali's and the Jim Brown's and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and how powerful they were. You know, we're not saying that we're that, but what we're doing right now in our league is huge. And I think for the young guys in our league to get a chance to see how guys are really coming together and speak and, and see real change, real action, because guys are tired. Like, I mean, tired. And I'm saying, when I say tired, we're not physically tired. We're just tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Sarah, I think that's a powerful statement when he says how tired they are. It's also a reminder, and I think what really hits me is every time, and you and I both see it, uh, you know, keyboard warriors come in and say, well, what are they actually looking to accomplish? And what are they trying to do? And what's the point of all this anyway? Now, I would argue that in the time it took to send off that tweet, many of the people sending that tweet could actually just Google it and find out how active several of these athletes are in their community year round. It just doesn't get talked about as much. But above and beyond that, what we've seen and, and what Chris Paul talks about when he talks about the tone in the meeting and the way people were chiming in is we are seeing players want to engage at a higher level and to see a statement come out that lays out specifics that have already been accomplished. I mean, I'm looking at it now saying, my God, kudos to the NBA players. They, they brought the entire league to a screeching halt. They made certain things known that were important to them and now actions already being taken. Like, I, I think that's incredibly impressive. Yeah, very specific demands, which is important. Um, but also, they're only able to act up to the to the power and influence that they have, which is remarkable and is is vast. But they can't actually go in and make Congress decide things. They can't change policy. They can influence it. And I know Taylor Rooks was tweeting earlier about um, some some actual policy influenced by uh, by NBA coaches and players demanding things of the people around them. But JJ Redick, Pelicans guard, was on with Keyshawn. Jay Will and Zubin this morning and sort of articulated that like it's on these athletes to do this. Uh, they need help. Why do uh, predominantly black NBA players have to bear the burden uh, for police brutality? Why do they have to stop going to work? Why does it have to be on them? Why is the onus on them? Um, it, it's, a, it's a really, you know, it's a really frustrating situation that we can't have our politicians uh, be the ones who are doing things. Why is the onus on us? Um, You know, what Jared Kushner said yesterday was so disingenuous about LeBron. LeBron has done so much. He's been on the front line. You see WNBA players like Maya Moore, who've been on the front lines. You see athletes across the spectrum who've been on the front lines, who are using their time, their resources to help and, and, and cause change. And someone like Jared Kushner wants to call LeBron out. It's so disingenuous. He knows what LeBron is doing. He knows what the NBA is doing. What is he doing? What is he doing? And it's huge fits to me because when you get called out directly by someone who has the power and influence to do something and isn't, you know that it's empty. And, and they've run out of things to say because LeBron's doing all of the things. The NBA players, the athletes are doing so much more than what would be expected or demanded of them for their job or even the very limited respect that we give them as human beings. They are outdoing all of that. Meanwhile, there's a whole lot of people whose job it is to get some of these things done and to care, and they are sitting idly by. And one of the more divisive things that we see in the world today is that generally it's easier to come in 
throw shade at whatever anybody's trying to do rather than come in and say, hey, I've seen that NBA players are passionate about this. I want to use my platform to try and help. How can we all work together? I mean, that's a very easy sentiment for somebody with power to say. And unfortunately, we live in a world, particularly right now, that everybody's more worried about figuring out how they can prove someone else is wrong than trying to figure out any way to work together towards positive change. I hate to be cynical, but it feels like that's where we are. And, And unfortunately for so many haters, today's not their day. Because, again, go out and Google it. Anybody that wants to know how active somebody like LeBron actually is in the community and how much money they spend out of their pocket to make the world a better place. I just want to give the NBA real kudos today for coming out and giving specific requirements that they want. It's something we've seen in the last day from sports that I think is far different than what we've seen in the past. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're going to get in the zone on the WNBA, who continue to impress not only with the power of their activism, but the intelligence behind the moves that they make and the speed with which they execute their plans across an entire league of women. Get in the Zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the Zone, AutoZone. Joining us now on the Shell Penzoil performance line to speak to that and also her own decisions from outside the Wubble. It's friend of the show, Atlanta Dream Guard, Renee Montgomery. Renee, thanks for the time. Thank you for having me. Definitely a friend of the show, Sarah. (laughs) So you decided to opt out of this season to focus on social justice reform. And I wonder, especially as you hear players from within the bubble and the wobble, wonder how their voices can be heard, their actions can be counted from inside there, physically restricted, what you've been doing freely outside of the wobble because of the choice you made. Yeah, you know, I I see the players and George Hill said, you know, he felt, frustrated and helpless inside the bubble and and when I was thinking of opting out that was my thoughts like how would I feel if something happened and I was on the inside and how would I feel if I want to be planning moments equal momentum and I have to go to practice I was already thinking about those things so you know right when I started seeing those players say that my heart went out to them because I like that was my realization just a little bit sooner um I, I love that the, the planning and the organizing and the unity, not even just in the WNBA, which they're rock stars for doing that, but across four different leagues, like that's, that's a big show. Have you found any difficulty in that process, Renee, of getting your voice amplified because you're not playing right now? Not at all. You know, and honestly, when I opted out, a lot of people were asking me questions, you know, about that. Why would you give up your platform? How are you going to get heard now? And I just thought, you know, me and my X amount of followers on social media, that's just going to have to be my platform now. You know, and since then, fast forward two and a half months later, now people see I, I have TMZ. I'm, I'm hosting TMZ Sports. I have a show on NBA TV, WMGA Weekly, Gen Z and me. I'm hosting that. That's a web series. And then people now are, are thinking that, oh, it makes sense now that I'm doing all these things. <laughs> I opted out when I didn't have any of it. But that just goes to show that people, if, if you're trying to do positive things, there will be people that help amplify your voice. Yeah, it was no small thing for you to choose to sit out. You have two championship rings to your name, a sixth woman of the year award. You certainly were not going to be riding the bench in there. And specifically as an Atlanta Dream member, a team with so much focus around it. We're 57 years to the day, I believe, since Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, which is where your team got its name and dealing with Kelly Leffler, an ownership that isn't aligned with the league, frankly, or the players specifically on the team, uh, makes it a little bit more uh, sticky for you. Uh, You've been on MSNBC. You mentioned the shows that you're doing. 
How much uh, focus is there specifically on um, that leadership that sticks out, that doesn't fit in, or is it more about the unity uh, shown across the rest of the league? Oh, definitely it's, it's about unity, you know, and, and that's been the focus. Even right now with myself, there's so much going on with police brutality. I don't know the solution for that. I really don't, and I hope we come to one, and I hope as a nation we start to understand that it, what's happening is not okay. But always, you guys know, I look at things differently. So I, I, even when I opted out, I, people started to ask me, how can you cure systematic racism in, in, in six months of a WNBA season? And I'm like, that's a good question. I'm going to get back to you on that. And, and since then, <laughs> I started to – and since then, I started doing. look, I can't figure out the solution, but I do know how to build. And so I decided that I wanted to start building up the black community here in Atlanta and HBCU Morris Brown. That's what I decided to do because I don't have the solutions for that, but I know how to build a team and build a group and work towards the goal. So, Renee, just because you're not in the bubble doesn't mean that you're not still obviously in constant contact with your former teammates and with everybody that you love that plays the game. So when the WNBA started to come to their, their hiatus, their shutdown to figure out what to do, how involved were you in conversations with players that are in the bubble about what to do and how to proceed? Well, it, you know, it's crazy because doing a show like WNBA Weekly, I'm interviewing WNBA players quite often throughout the whole week. So I'm asking them, you know, I was talking to a player, uh, Kayla McBride, and I'm, I'm asking her, Yo, what's going on in there? The NBA stopped. Did you see that? Like, I'm talking to her the day the NBA stopped. She didn't have a game that day, but there were some WNBA games that day. And she's like, yeah, it's looking like they're not going to go, but – there wasn't a unified decision like right away. It was the teams that had those games that day that decided, yes, we're going to sit, we're not going to play. We're going to boycott. And then everyone else is like, Oh yeah, we're with it. So it wasn't, um, it, it all happened so fast, which makes it so impressive that you had four different sports leagues do it. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz on ESPN radio, Renee Montgomery with us here on the Shell Penzo performance line. She opted out of the wobble to focus on social justice issues. As you can hear, she's kept herself quite busy. Uh, you're obviously quite thoughtful on this. And like you said, you think outside the box. I wonder for you, and I have been taking up the task of trying to engage with people whose problematic thoughts, I think, uh, fl- flood my Twitter mentions. I don't know if they're willing to share them with me because I'm white and they think somehow I'm going to agree with them. I don't know if you're hearing the same ones, but when you kind of hear the same thought over and over again, why didn't he just uh, listen to what the police said? Or, um, you know, it, it, there's not an actual is- issue of systemic racism. It affects people across the country. All the different, like, same talking points over and over again. Do you choose to engage with them? How do you feel like we can actually get people to listen to each other instead of just repeating whatever, quote unquote, their side seems to be putting up? Yeah, sometimes I engage with people that I think genuinely want to engage. You know, some, if it's someone that's just spewing whatever their thoughts are in a hateful manner, I'm just not going to engage because I don't really care. But my response to that is there's an evident difference in how policing is done in America. There's not a consistency. And so for people that, you know, might say, well, why did he have this or why did, you, did they do that? The death penalty, last time I checked, even if you are a criminal, you shouldn't receive the death penalty on spot. You're usually supposed to go to trial. You're usually supposed to And certainly to not by have, a police officer. And certainly not judge, by the police or, officer. Yeah. He's not the judge and jury. So for all those different fields and all those different topics, should he have had this, should he have that, I don't know, like, We're all fortunate, and I say we're all because we don't all want to witness another murder on national television. We're all fortunate that Jacob Blake survived that. But that that could have been a situation where he didn't survive it. Is that 
even if he was everything that people want to say he was, even if he did have a knife, even if he did do this, are you supposed to get killed on the spot for a crime you commit? We're talking to Renee Montgomery, and it's a powerful statement that you just made, Renee. I, I guess if you had the opportunity to talk to people that don't understand the movement or why you've pulled out and why you're being, why you've committed your life to this at this point, what's the biggest misconception that doubters have? I think that doubters think that wanting to change things or wanting to really get rid of racism, I think a lot of people feel attacked for whatever reason, you know, they feel that they didn't do anything wrong. So why are you coming at them? I think that the people that should feel attacked and should be thinking, huh, I should change my behavior. They're not thinking that, you know, and, and then there's that allyship group of people that they have family members that are on one side, they're on the other. I think that everyone should just look at it from, uh, it's hard to do, but an unbiased opinion, you know, and I've lived in so many different cultures that I think that's why I think outside of the box because I realized that, wow, America does things one way and Europe does it completely different. And then I started to understand it doesn't mean our way is right. There's just different ways. I think that's the common thought that people think about Americans, that we're arrogant. We don't see it. We don't have humanity. We move too fast. We don't slow down. This is what the other countries think of America, and we're proving them right. So I would say for everyone, if they go on the Internet, research, learn about something different, and then if you still feel the same way, that's your choice. But educate yourself before you want to just condemn things so much. There was an incredible push for that early on after George Floyd's death. People reading books about how to be anti-racist versus just not a racist. People trying to educate themselves in the history of the 13th Amendment and everything else. And I feel like it's, it's backed off a little as people try to get back to life. And I hope that that's not really the case. I hope people continue to do that. We got to let you go, Renee. Uh, but I quickly want to ask you, I saw that one of Joe Biden's senior advisors uh, tweeted, I'm looking forward to running Renee Montgomery's campaign someday. Are we, yeah. we have a big announcement what to make? Are we running for office? What is that about? I, that's what I said. <laughs> what is that about, Sarah? No, the only thing that I want people to help me run is momentsequalmomentum.com. I'm really trying to build a community here in Atlanta where an HBCU in Morris Brown has fallen. They lost their accreditation and anybody that wants to help build tap in. Like I listen, I don't, it's really crazy that the senior advisor would say that. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on, but I just know I'm just trying to build. I'm just trying to rebuild while, while there's a lot of breaking down happening. Well, you're doing a fantastic job. Thanks yeah. for joining the show. Thanks there. Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. Jason Fitz, Sarah Spain, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, brought to you by Shell, V-Power, Nitro Plus, Premium Gasoline. It's the Friday edition. Am I getting any better, Sarah? No, 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 no. no. You need to put a lot more diaphragm in it. It needs to last longer, and you need more enthusiasm. <clears throat> Friday! Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's the best I can do. I don't know. I, you know, this is what I've resorted to. I, I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's going to take time. It's going to take time for us to learn how to get this done and get it done right. Uh, in the meantime, one person that always gets it done right is Mina Kimes. She joins us now on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Mina, I, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Congratulations on opening week uh, for NFL Live. It's been fun to watch you guys work together, and it's been a blast to see. So thanks for getting the, spending the time with us tonight. Thank you so much, and congratulations to you guys on the new show. Oh, right, thank, thank you. you. So one of the things we've been trying to sort of wrap our heads around is in a social justice era that we live in right now where NBA players are so uh, active and vocal. Is there a scenario in your mind you could see where NFL players go to those same lengths during their season to raise awareness to causes they're passionate about? 
You know, I, honestly, I think it's pretty unlikely um, for a number of reasons, one of which is structural. And this really, anytime we try to compare the NFL to the NBA, I often find myself coming back to this, which is, you know, with the NFL, we're talking about teams that are a lot larger um, with guys who have shorter careers, making less money typically, and, you know, different things are at stake for them. Now, one of if a player like uh, Russell Wilson, who came out today, <laughs> said if the team was playing this week, they would not uh, play their game. They'd skip it. Uh, there would be probably an outsized impact because quarterbacks do carry the league. But I think they're going to probably end up handling things a bit differently. And every team, from what I'm hearing, seems to be taking a different tact. Some teams are doing like what the Ravens did, where the players are pushing uh, the organization to issue these very specific policy goals and statements. Other teams are looking to outline other types of um, goals in their own communities, but it's really the beginning of a process across this league, and it's really something to behold. I mean, I'm not saying that Russell Wilson is saying that because there are no games, but I'm curious if something similar to what we saw with Jacob Blake happened during the season, do you think you'd change your mind about whether or not they'd be willing to protest, or do you think it's easy to say when nothing's at stake, but if it were to come down to that in that moment, they might take a different tack? It's undeniably easier to say right now, Sarah, but I'll be honest. Um, when we started hearing rumors that the NBA players were considering it, I thought, no way. And I was wrong. And granted, it was you know only lasting a couple of days a year, but um, that's going to be the last time I, I say definitively what I think is going to happen. Uh, because it, what we're seeing right now in sports, the magnitude of action in response to the things that are happening in this country is so unprecedented that I think there's no way of predicting what will happen. We're talking to Mina Kimes on Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Mina, that being said, one team that we obviously continually don't hear much about through all of this is the Cowboys. At some point, do you believe that that has any effect on the players for the Cowboys or future players for the Cowboys when they look at how the organization handles these things? Sorry about the scoff. The scoff was not about not hearing from them. It was just we usually hear about the Cowboys so much at all times, at every possible juncture, that uh, it kind of popped into my head, wow, yeah, it's interesting not to hear about the Cowboys for once. Uh, I assumed it was for Fitz's terrible Friday, but move on. Yeah, carry on. Oh, that's that's, – It's in development, people. It's the first week. You can't get everything right week one. It's early. It's early. But – yeah, I, I do think so. You know, these players, they know this. They're talking. I mean, I'll tell you something with regards to the Ravens, right, who I mentioned earlier putting out that statement with very specific policy goals, um, and it was very player-driven. I have heard from numerous people there how happy they are to be part of that organization today, how proud they are that people at all levels are there. So I, I do think there's – ramifications for team culture that are coming out of this moment um, and the kind of things that, you know, we can't quantify and know for sure, but affect these teams in quiet ways for sure. Mina Kimes with us here on Spain and Fitz. She's one of the new members of NFL Live, a recently named but always in practice NFL analyst for ESPN. I've been seeing a lot of reaction to your debut with the show All Positive, of course, especially from 
the uh, boys on Twitter. Uh, what's it been like this first week uh, for those who haven't gotten to catch it yet, or maybe those who have? Tell us a little bit about the new look of the show. Man, it's been a wild week. It's been a wild week for all of us, of course, who cover sports. But we started fairly uh, typically. Well, we had a big uh, story with Earl Thomas, you know, getting cut by the aforementioned Ravens. And my colleagues, Laura Rutledge, Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, and I were on those first two days primarily talking about that. But then when the player actions began in the NBA and started trickling, actually, you know, I said began in the NBA, but really on Tuesday we were talking about the Lions uh, mm-hmm. not practice, canceling their practice. Again, very different from boycotting a game, but that was before this began with the NBA. So we started talking about that on Tuesday. Keyshawn joined us Wednesday and Thursday. And then we wrapped up today with, um, you know, talking about all these teams across the NFL and how they're reacting to this, but also football, because frankly, as you guys know, football is careening towards the season happening. Uh, frankly, or fortunately, rather, they're getting some nice, some positive, well, not positive results, and that's the positive part as it pertains to COVID. And everybody's fingers are crossed that they can keep this up because, you know, we're hoping for – I mean, how crazy is it that the NFL season is starting in a couple weeks? Crazy, Insane. but it seems to be. We're talking to Mina Kimes. So, with that being said, Mina, uh, I'll ask you on the spot. You know, I know you've been breaking down film, getting ready for it, and I know you watch more film than mm-hmm. any person I've ever met. So, on this show tonight, we have working – a couple of Jets fans, a Bears fan in Sarah, and then obviously a Raiders fan and myself. Which one of us is going to be the happiest at Christmas? Between the Jets, the Bears, and the Raiders? Yeah. I go Raiders out of that bunch. That's a a low bar, man. It is a fry-yay. It is a fry-yay. Okay, but now in all seriousness, is there a team that you're looking at that you don't think enough people have been paying attention to this season? Don't ask her. I know it's coming. Don't do it, Mina. I I care about you. You know what? I'm not going to do the team that you think I'm going to talk about in your (laughs) division, Sarah. I've talked about the Lions enough, so I'll go with I, another I was queuing team. you up um, for that because you've been tweeting about it, but go ahead. All right, so I know, I know. I'm actually pretty optimistic about Cleveland, and, and that's a tough division oh, in the AFC boy. North. Wow. You know, I know. It's like, really, right? <laughs> fool me once, you, fool me twice, fool me three up? times. There's just too much talent on that team, and I really like Kevin Stefanski, their new coach, and what they're doing there. So uh, I, I think Cleveland's certainly a team to watch. Yeah, I mean, there are certainly teams that have oft disappointed, and at some point they do make that turn. I don't know if it's going to be the Lions and the Browns this year. There's so much up in the air. There's talent, but there was talent last year, too, and it just it didn't work. It's kind of like that restaurant that's in your neighborhood that, like, changes every six months, and you're like, what is it about that spot? <laughs> and it just never works. That's how I feel about the Browns. It's Spain and Fitz. We're so talking apt. to friend of the show, Mina Kimes, here on ESPN Radio. Uh, what are the stories that you wish you were talking about? And I don't mean because you don't care about the big picture uh, stuff, but I wonder, is there stuff flying under the radar that you're thinking, man, if people are real NFL diehards, they would be fascinated to hear about X or Y, whether that's an injury or a development or a new coach that's doing crazy things. Well, there's a lot of really young, exciting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I mean, it, one player who I'm I'm very high on is Kyler Murray in Arizona, and that's an offense that I've been uh, studying over the last week or so. Trying to see how they evolved last season and what might come this year with DeAndre Hopkins. It's a team that I think is still about a year away um, on account of their defense and 
also being in what I believe to be the hardest division in the NFL. But he really broke out um, in, in a difficult situation in Arizona. And I, I, I think he's probably the next big superstar in the NFL. So I'm excited about him. You can watch her every day on NFL Live. Check her out on Twitter at Mina Kimes. Mina, I don't think anything will be more 2020 than getting a Browns Lions Super Bowl, so I'm just going to go with that now. That sounds perfect. Uh, and no fans, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! God I didn't even so think about sad. that. That it, oh look, no! I don't care if, if my beloved Raiders go to the Super Bowl. I'm going. I don't care if they have to arrest me trying to get into that. This stadium. is going to be in a crane that he rented. Full body suit, oh, head Lord. to toe. Mina, have a great weekend. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, my friend. We appreciate you. Happy Friday. See, she even she says it cooler than I do, and she just did it off the cuff. I'm I'm a figure. I'm gonna spend the next couple of minutes of figuring us, it out. Tell you. Yeah, there's nothing you can't tell me. It's Spain and Fitz presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, it is Friday, and we're gonna get you ready for the weekend with a bunch of the stories you might have missed and some fun mixed in along the way. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Shout out to one of our great listeners, Gail M., who sent us her own Friday video. Feel free to do that at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Jason Fitz. Also, feel free to follow Fitz. He needs some more. Feel free to follow Fitz. I do, I do need yeah, at Jason Fitz. It's J A S O N F I T Z. And while you're doing that, subscribe to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's back. We didn't have one for Spain and Company, but we're back where you can listen to eventually, hopefully, the whole show and the extra digital content that you can't get anywhere else um, on the Spain and Fitz podcast. So go ahead and subscribe on the ESPN app or uh, the Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you get your apps, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, I should say. Uh, subscribe. Then it shows up every night. You won't even have to go looking for it. It's also a good way to get hints for our Fantasy Football League listener selection because we're going to start a call for a listener or two to join next week. And we're going to give you hints on that podcast, the after party. So make sure you tune in. Also, tune in for baseball action tomorrow as the Cardinals host the Indians. Coverage begins at 1230 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. All right, Fitz, since you were here before, you were around for the original incarnation of Sports Tinder, so you're used mm-hmm. to it. But we're switching things up just a little bit. We're still going to do Sports Tinder most weeks. But Fridays, we're kind of just going to end the show. They already go off the rails so often by the time we get to this last segment on a Friday that we're just going to make it an all-encompassing Friday. It's music. It's fun. It's parties. We might start drinking. You guys don't know. You can't see us. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I hope you will. Let's get a little Sports Tinder going with a little Miley behind it. Let's go to the bubble. The bubble that doesn't yet exist. We are hearing now lots of conversation around a MLB bubble. This, of course, has been up for uh, for a conversation for a while. It sounds like it's moving forward. Does the baseball need a bubble to finish this season, Fitz? I am going to swipe, swipe left. left. Look at that. Oh, that sounds so Ooh, new fancy. voice guy. New voice. New Can voice we hear guy. it one more time? Swipe left. Oh, Ooh, that sounds very sensual. sophisticated. I no, totally baseball doesn't agree, need a, 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 but now I kind of want to change my answer so I can hear all of them. <laughs> uh, I, they don't need a bubble to finish the season because, uh, frankly, they're stubborn enough, they're pigheaded enough, and they're going to find a way to get it done somehow, some way. I mean, they've gone through all of this. I just feel like at some point they'll just accept the reality of, of where the season is, and they'll find a way to finish out in the general population. I'm going to. Swipe left. Oh, 
I agree with you. I don't think they need it. That's not to say I don't think it would be advisable. It's interesting if they put it in Houston. I feel like the Astros should not be commended for anything and be given the gift of having it in their backyard. Nor do I think the city of Houston or the state of Texas necessarily has handled things the best in order to have earned it. Uh, but I don't think they need it. They've managed to keep plugging along despite some outbreaks. Um, but I actually think it's probably for the best if they plan to have their playoffs run in a bubble. We got the U.S. Open of tennis starting on Monday. Serena Williams with her latest opportunity to try to tie Margaret Court for the uh, Slams record. Will she tie with a tourney win? Will she take the Open, Fitz? I am going to swipe up super like. Oh, that just sounds good <laughs> the way he says that. Come on now. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking this. And this just comes into my belief in Serena and my belief in knowing what she's fighting for right now. And I think it's harder than ever in these situations in the current culture to maintain your training and your focus. So when I know somebody's got that extra gear in them, I can't bet against them. So that's uh, for me, this is right in front of Serena. She takes it. I'm going to swipe right. I agree. It's hard to pick anyone against the field, particularly a field with these up and coming superstars like Naomi Osaka, who have been so great. But there's a part of me that says if someone is mentally tough enough to have handled the last few months, who's rested and ready and who feels inspired to make a statement amidst what's going on in our country, no one probably more so than Serena Williams. It would be a pretty spectacular time to do it. Uh, I am more than here for it. Uh, Jordan Love, Packers backup. As of now, uh, lots of conversation around him after he was drafted and reports so far out of camp are hesitant, tentative, indecisive, ineffective. So too early to be worried about Jordan Love. Fitz? Oh, I am. I am running to the table to swipe. Swipe left. I, wow. look, it, is, it is not too early to be worried. A, I think they overdrafted somebody that people became obsessed with before the draft, and I still don't think it was the, the best pick for them. B, it's only going to create more fire in the belly of Aaron Rodgers, who is not there to be a mentor in most ways, and I believe is just going to come in and continue to show everybody that he kicks butt. So it's only going to make this conversation tougher and tougher because worst-case scenario is we find out Jordan Love's not good enough and they've made Aaron Rodgers mad. And I could think that could be a very real scenario in one year. I'm going to. Swipe up. Super like. It's too early to be worried. Everything you just said is right, but I don't think it's fair to judge a kid in an extremely weird offseason where he can't even tell if his players, his teammates are like talking to him or smiling or reacting. Like everybody's masked up. They haven't been able to do the regular workouts. I just think it's way too early to judge. And I also think the Packers, anyone affiliated with them, needs to stop talking. Don't give us any adjectives to work with because it just feeds the fire. And there was already so much discomfort around the drafting of him and putting Aaron Rodgers on the spot. Now we're going to do the same to this rookie who's not even going to start anytime soon if things go all right it's from, in terms of injuries and everything else. So I think way too early on that. Uh, in basketball, and it's Spain and Fitz, by the way, on a Friday. NCAA says LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade arranged for or offered impermissible payments to at least 11 potential recruits or others around them. This via uh, Mark Schlebaugh. Will he coach another game, Fitz? I'm going to swipe down. I hate it. <laughs> oh, even that sounded cool. Can we hear that I one more time? It. Swipe down. I hate it. Oh, God, the way he said that is so cool. No, I don't think he's going to coach another game because there's got to be a scapegoat. There's got to be a fall guy. And if paying off 11 people isn't enough to put you on that list, what exactly is? So I think it's easy for him to be the guy that has to be the fall guy for everything that we're finding out from college basketball. I'm going to swipe right. 
Oh, look at you, naive, innocent Jason, who still thinks there's repercussions <laughs> for actions. We already saw him weather the storm <laughs> once. Now, I know the number is bigger, and 11 sounds like a lot, but no one seems to care anymore. Not only does the public not ever get outraged, and rightfully so, because these players and their families deserve to get paid for how much money they're making these schools, but the more we hear about it, the more it floods our brains, and we can't distinguish which from where. And so unless it's literally Coach K or Roy Williams or unless it's a program like those schools that's actually going to get hurt by it, I don't really see anyone caring, and I don't see people pushing hard enough. They're going to find a way to keep weight on the sidelines, at least for now. All right, the Mets. We talked about the Mets last night and the disastrous dysfunction in their front office. They follow that up with more of the same, as both the COO and CEO, both of the Wilpons, released statements, and both of them spelled GM Brody Van Wagenen's name wrong in their statements. Fitz. Should they know how to spell the name of their own GM? I am going to swipe up super like. Look, I'll be honest, Sarah. I'm so bad with when it comes to spelling that I have to keep autocorrect on my phone, even though my phone still can't figure out. I'm never saying the word duck. It's no worth it just so ducking. my friends. Yeah. yeah, I just don't want my friends to realize I can't spell basic <laughs> words. So I get it. But your GM is your GM. You should know how to spell the names of the people that you work with at that level. So absolutely they should. I agree with you, Fritz. I'm going to oh. swipe up. Super like. <laughs> absolutely they should know how to spell his name, which makes me wonder. Is there any chance they did it on purpose? Was that some sneaky little shade thrown in the way of Brody Van Wagenen? We respect you just enough to not even spell your name correctly. I we did might not find think out going say forward. Yeah, we might come out uh, find out going forward because I don't know how long his tenure will be with that team. Thank you for hanging out with us on a Friday. We'll see you next week. Coming up, Freddie and Fitz Simmons. Mm-hmm. Fitz, have a great weekend. Stick around for the after party on digital. It's time for the after party, the exclusive content you can only get on the Spain and Fitz podcast. Sarah, we have a very important topic to get to tonight. Very (laughs) pressing. It's Friday. It's after the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. My bad. It's Friday. I totally agree, Fitz. (laughs) Not bad. I'm going to get there eventually. So with the day of the week that it is after the show, it sort of means it's happy hour for us. So i got to ask you an important question about alcohol. (laughs) That's that's really the the whole setup there. Okay, so here's the question. Is there a go-to in quarantine? Because I think at the beginning of quarantine, everybody liked a particular drink. And then you realize a month in when you're drinking it by the bucket that it's no longer good for you. And eventually it shifts. Is there a current go-to drink for Sarah Spain? Okay, so yeah, when the quarantine started, it was wine because I have like a bodega's worth of wine in my house. It's a combination of like every time I throw a party, someone brings more. And also I really like wine. So like when I go to Napa, I join wine clubs or, you know, I have a lot of wine in my house. So I started with that, but then I kind of got- Is a particular kind? I love Cabernets are my favorite red. Um, I love a sparkling rosé and I love a buttery and oaky chard. I'm also getting more into Sauv Blancs than I used to. Um, so I started out drinking a lot of wine. Then it's kind of like you get sick of it because it's the only thing you can have. And I don't, I like me some White Claw. I like me some beer, but I don't sit around the house and drink it for pleasure. That's more of a, like, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to be drinking for the next, I don't know, 12 to 13 hours. So I got to take it easy. Then I settle in with the beer and the claws. So I actually found a guy in Chicago that makes fancy drink mixes and he would like, he would charge you, you'd like Venmo him, and he would leave them in containers outside on his patio, and you'd go arrange a pickup 
and you'd bring you'd have your own booze at home to make so like i made pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris and mojitos and like beautiful wonderful drinks that are the kind you'd normally only be able to like get in a restaurant when you like look at their fancy cocktail menu so I've been mixing it up. I guess you asked me for one alcohol, and what I gave you was all of them is what I'm drinking. No, but that, that's mind-blowing. I'm loving this because, like, so I've always been sort of an old-fashioned guy, like, you know, or, or whiskey on the rocks. Like, I, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to drink, you know, I don't drink much anymore in life. And if I'm going to drink, I want it to be something I really like. So uh, I did, like everybody, go through my basic white claw phase, like everybody. Yeah. And then I just sort of was out on all of By that. Basic, so you mean intelligent and smart and absolutely on top of what the very best thing in the world is, which is the claw black cherry. Yeah, uh, it is right. So that's the exact drink, right? Like, there's no other flavor. Although I eventually then graduated to high noons, uh, which you know mm. are vodka sodas instead yeah. of the mm. malt base. But my mind was blown, and you got to check this out. Like, my mind was blown because I got a friend uh, that I've known for years, and she works for Keurig, right? And so she was part of this new launch, and so she she sent me a note one day, and she said, "Hey, part of this new." Which I'm going to send you something. I want you to check it out. I think you'll like it. I get in the mail. Literally, it's a Keurig for alcohol. It's like they call it a drink what? machine. Yeah, it's a Keurig for alcohol. So, like, then then I buy all these pods. And, like, so I get sleeves of pods you can order from these different websites. And it comes in. And what's cool is, like, the little sheet tells me what I'm drinking. So, I'll be like, I'll, I'll open up the pod and it'll say, like, you Cosmo on it, right? Uh, the sheet tells me how to serve it. So they're like, oh, put this in a chilled glass with the crushed ice or whatever. Like, Ooh, so it, you're getting it gives fancy me, then. It is. Like, I feel fat. Like, so I put the little pot in, and the machine's like, this is an official pot. And then it makes, like, anything. It has a little CO2 cartridge in it. So, like, it'll make, like, a carbonated drink or a non-carbonated. What's the name of it like, again? The, it's called a Drinkworks machine. So okay. the good of right. it is, like, if you're having a bunch of people over, uh, which nobody can do now. The the good news <laughs> is like you can open up your cabinet and be like, hey, I've got 40 different drinks you can have right now. The bad news is I didn't think about the fact that other people aren't coming over when I bought all those pods. <laughs> so the number of nights that I just sit there and I'll wake up the next day, I'm like, well, I drank all the Cosmos last night. I'm out of the Cosmos. <laughs> it's like it, it's it's alarming, but it does it like it, they're really good. They're tasty. So like that's my my new cheat on making myself feel fancy is like making one of those little drinks and then, you know, put a, put it in the right glass with the right ice and like maybe a little fancy whipped cream on top or something and bam, you got something going right there. It's amazing how many things that I would have kind of scoffed at before and been like, oh, I feel bad for bricks and mortar. I need to go to the local bar. Now I'm like, thank God people have invented how to get everything in your own house because I need this. <laughs> like I have you this Tawala. So it's like an oven and you literally scan the recipe. You got one of, of those? The, yeah. So like I the see food these comes, ads all the time. Yeah, the food comes. The the menu for like that tells you what the item is has a scanner on it, and then you scan it, and it like automatically knows how long to cook and at what temperature. And then in like fifteen minutes, you have a whole meal. It's like the lazy person's dream, especially when I get out of the show and I don't feel like cooking. And like before, I would have been like, "Listen, I can handle it," but now I'm like, "No, just do all the things for me. I don't want to have to do anything for myself." So bring it do you to me use in it my a lot. House. Like my fear was, I would get it and not use it enough. Like, do you use it a lot? So far, as much as I have the, you know, you order a certain amount per week. So when I have right. them, no doubt do I walk downstairs and think, what do I want to cook? Oh, nothing? Perfect. <laughs> God, this is, like, my mind is blown. by Like, we're going to reach this spot where we hit 2021, and it's like, man, I can make everything from the restaurant and drink everything. And that'll last for, like, a week, and then we'll all realize that it's still more fun to go out with your friends Well, yeah, I'm just I mean, saying. once we're actually allowed to see people and hug them and touch them and breathe on them and share drinks with them and eat the same food. Imagine a tapas restaurant right now. That's a killer. Oh. Not topless. <laughs> 
tapas. Yeah, no, tapas. Sharing small uh, bites. Everyone uses their own fork. Slobber you're everywhere. like super, that's a Chicago fancy thing. Like you get in the South and it's all meat and threes and big platters that everybody, like what are uh, the buffets okay. of the world doing in the South? Like, oh, I, yeah. I just, I have no idea. Buffet, we So we, when we were coming back, I've taken one flight since March and one of them had to go through Vegas and I was like, oh good, a bunch of uh, slot machines that everyone's breathed on and spit on and touched and then like let me just roll through a buffet, <laughs> just grab myself uh, some salad and some Rona. Yeah, and I'm just saying, having uh, only flown uh, once since all of this started, it is alarming how difficult that that whole like the anxiety sets in and like your. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be though, because the the flights weren't full and everybody that I was near kept their mask on, and I read all about the air filtration and how it's like so elevated that it's near impossible for a spread to happen because the water the air filtration is so good. So it really it brought me down a little bit from the fears that I had back in March when I was like, I'm never flying again. This is the sort of content you can only get on our after party. Groundbreaking. Uh, I can't good. promise the Fridays are ever going to be much more than a conversation about alcohol. <laughs> about because, drinks. I get the let, feeling that by from, by the time Friday rolls around, we finish the entire show. That's mostly what we're going to be thinking of is is food and alcohol, and and so you know. Our apologies if that's not where your brain is while you're listening to this. Uh, no, I think we need to find an alcohol sponsor to help us with the after oh, party. That's I'm a, on it. That, that's that's where we head. Uh, for anybody that's just tuning in, you do want to listen to this, though. Next week, we're going to start giving you a little hint, a little trick on how you can be a part of our fantasy football league. Mm-hmm. We're going to let a few people into a league that's going to be us, uh, not, not just we'll from see. the show, but yeah. some of our friends and uh, friends of the show. And Sarah, uh, I, I feel like we should bet something because I never have to pay it okay. off. So we should All really right. have a bet. Uh, let's, let's at least wait until after PETA gives me the vegan charcuterie plate we discussed yesterday. So that I at least feel like I've earned something, even though you're getting one, too, even though you lost everything. And you're reminding me that the alcohol and food content is really going to be every day on the after show. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what we, we do here. And be Saturday sure to tell your friends. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Uh, we, we got well, like when the world returns to normal, uh, Sarah and I together are going to go to an SNL taping. And I'm yes. just speaking that into existence. That's that's going to happen for the show. That's all I have to say. Okay, so tune in every single night to this. This you can only get it here. We're gonna. You guys and have a great weekend. Of course. Be sure to tell your friends and family and enemies and everybody to <laughs> subscribe, rate, review the podcast. But really, only if you want to give us a great review. Uh, I'm just saying that. Obviously. But uh, other than that, make sure you subscribe and listen every single day to the podcast. Have a great weekend, Sarah. You have a great weekend. Happy uh, enjoy. I'm gonna get better by next week. I'm gonna <laughs> sing it, and it'll be like angels and birds. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it.